God, we believe that you are great and greatly to be praised. And today we come in here with all of our hopes, all of our expectations, all of our concerns, worries, and doubts, and we bring them to you. We've come here today because we are seeking something out, and Lord, I believe that you have a word to speak to the heart of your people. So Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open to receive your word, that we might experience your truth and our lives be changed forever. Over these next few moments, Lord, may these words not be mine, but yours. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you can be seated. How we doing, 1030? Okay, 9 a.m. did better than y'all. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to ask you again. How we doing, 1030? It is so good to be with you this morning. Uh, my name is Pastor Nick Newman, and if you are a first-time guest with us, I want to say welcome. It's an honor that we get to spend the weekend with you because we realize you could be anywhere today, and you picked Propel Church. So thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to spend Sunday morning with you. Church, can you help me welcome every person here for the first time? And hey, if you are here for the first time, the only thing we ask is that you take a second and fill out this Connect card that you received when you came in. It's just an easy way of us connecting with you. I'd love to send you a letter that says, thanks for joining us. And if you do come every weekend, there's also spots for you on this card as well, giving us your prayer request, sharing what God's doing in your life, and even taking a next step. We would love to partner with you on that. We are in uh, week number two of a message series called Things Jesus Never Said. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got some weird friends in my life, right? Like anybody, anybody got weird friends? Sometimes uh, my friends will tell me things that they think God said and, and he never really said it. And so last week what we talked about is that God won't give you more than you can handle. And when we look in scripture, we see that that's not really what we see at all. In fact, we see the exact opposite, that God will give us more than we can handle. And the reason why he does that is so that we can depend on his presence and experience his power. And if you missed that message, you can go to our YouTube page or our Facebook page to watch that there. This week what I want to do is I want to talk to you about something that a lot of people talk about, but they don't really talk about it. And, and it's really um, interesting that we believe that, and maybe some of you don't, maybe you don't believe that miracles still happen. Maybe you don't believe that the impossible things can actually still take place. I wrote it in my notes this way. It comes out of First Opinions chapter 2, verse 3. It says, the Spirit is gone. Healing has ceased. Miracles only happen in Scripture. There are some people that really believe that that now that, that the apostles are over, that they're passed away, that, that no longer are there miracles, they're called cessationalists, and they believe that, that the spiritual gifts are over, speaking in tongues are over, prophecy, healing has all ceased with the apostles. But when Jesus looked at the disciples, he said, you'll be able to do greater things now that I go to the Father. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to talk to you about the miraculous things of God. And one of those miraculous things that I believe is still evident and prevalent in our everyday today is healing. I believe that God desires to heal you. I believe that God wants you to experience healing that transforms and changes your life forever. But the truth is, God doesn't always heal us miraculously. That's commonly 
The kind of healing that we talk about in the context of the church, we talk about how somebody got prayed for and boom, they were healed instantaneously. But what do you do when God doesn't heal you that way? That's what I want to talk about. So there's three primary ways that God heals people. And if you're taking notes, you can write it down this way, that God heals miraculously, gradually, and eternally. So three ways that God heals people miraculously, which are those moments where he steps into the middle of a situation that seems dark and seems bleak, and he does what only God can do. He does the impossible. But then sometimes there's gradual healing. And I don't really like gradual healing. I'm more of an instantaneous kind of guy. I like it right here, right now. Gradual healing is not what I commonly like, but it is a part of healing. And we'll talk about that in a second. The third type of healing is eternal healing. Regardless, here's what I want you to know, that God desires complete healing in your life. All right, one person got that. (laughs) I'm preaching 47% better than you're responding. God desires complete healing in your life. Whether that's miraculous, gradual, or eternal, God desires complete healing in your life. And so what I want to do first is I want to take us to eternal healing because I believe that if you start with the end in mind, it gives you a better framework for everything else. If I know the end result, nobody boards a plane without a destination. So if you do, you're crazy. (laughs) And we'll pray for you at the end of this gathering today, right? No, you, you board a plane knowing where you're heading. So if I know this first and foremost, number one, that God heals eternally, I know the end result. And because I know the end game, because I know God's heart and God's motive in the end of this thing, it builds a great framework for everything else I build my life upon. So the first thing is that God heals eternally. Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken that down, and that is when we die and leave this earthly body, that we have a house in heaven. Paul says, hey, I want you to know something. First and foremost, I know that this tent, this vessel that I currently have, is going to fade away at some point. In other words, my dirt suit ain't coming with me. That's what your body is. It's a dirt suit. You came from the dirt, you're going back to the dirt, dirt suit. Now, I'm not taking my dirt suit with me. Some of y'all are more thankful than that than others. Some of y'all do CrossFit, and I don't know if you're getting a new body in heaven, right? But he's, <laughs> he says, we know that this earthly body is fading away, but he, he says that we have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, not by human hands. So we grow weary in our present bodies. You and I have experienced that. Some of y'all were climbing out of bed this morning and aching and groaning your way through it. You know that from the moment you're born, you start a trajectory towards death. The truth of it is 100% of people die. Those are statistics. You say, well, what about Jesus? No, no, he still died. He just got up. 100% of people die. If you and I understand that God heals eternally, one of the things that it helps us understand is that the end game for your life and my life is that if we've placed our hope and trust in Jesus, we will be completely healed. 
that this earthly body that we have that's fading away, it will pass on. But Paul says we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothes. I can't, he says, I can't wait to get to heaven. Because I know all of the things that I've gone through, all the pain and the suffering, it's gone. So what do you do when, when you have a loved one that you've been praying for and you, you want them to get healed and God's not healing them and they get progressively worse and then they ultimately pass away and you're angry and frustrated, you remember that God heals eternally. And maybe one of the best things God could do for somebody's life is not prolong the opportunity for them to suffer here on this earth, but remove them from the ability to have suffering, pain, sickness, and death. Revelation chapter 21 says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He's not just talking about physical things that are being removed. He says there's no more death. That's physical. But mourning, crying, that's emotional. Some of you came in this morning and you're physically broken. Others of you came in and you're spiritually, mentally, emotionally broken, and you need healing from God, what we need to understand is God heals eternally. So I can live with the end in mind knowing that, hey, I may never experience healing on this side of earth, but if I've placed my hope and trust in Jesus, the end result is that I am completely healed. He goes on to talk about in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, it says this, that he himself bore our sins his, in his body so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. He says, you have been healed. Do you see the confidence that's there? It's not that you might be healed. But here's what we know. When you place your hope and trust in Jesus, when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, your eternity is solidified in the hands of the Father. That you have been set apart, you have been called, chosen, appointed, anointed. God has positioned you in a place where your eternity is no longer in question. And when you cross from this life into the next, you need to know that there's a place where there's no more sickness, pain, or suffering. So even if I don't experience healing on this side of eternity, I know the heart of my heavenly Father is to wipe away every tear, is to remove sickness and pain. But then it brings you and I to the question, like, well, well then what about like right now? If God desires to heal us in the future, here's what I want you to know about healing that we experience on earth. It's this, that healing on earth is simply accessing what's already available in heaven. Okay, I'm going to preach to the other side of the room. <laughs> healing, healing on earth is simply accessing what's already available in heaven. And you go, man, I don't know, I don't know. Is that really what God wants? When the disciples come to Jesus and say, hey, how do we pray? You seem like you've got like an inside lane into this prayer thing. How do we pray? He gives them the Lord's Prayer. And you probably know this. You've heard it probably at every football game you've ever been to in your life if you ever played. It goes like this. Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. When the disciples are trying to figure out how to pray, Jesus gives them a template, a model. He says, if you really want God to impact your current situation, here's how you pray. That on earth would be the same as it is in heaven. So when you and I are experiencing physical sickness, mental, emotional things in life, healing on this side of eternity is simply saying, God, let it be on earth as it is already in heaven. Because I know the end result where you desire for me to be completely healed. So Lord, let that healing take place in my life today. So the second way God heals is God heals gradually. God heals gradually. And most people never teach gradual healing because it's one of the most frustrating forms of healing that can take place. We live in a culture, in a society that, that doesn't like to take things slow or Really, we love, love things instantaneously. But sometimes God doesn't work on your time schedule. <laughs> right? His, his ways are not your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I don't know why God does the things he does. I'm, honestly, I'm thankful I'm not him. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. But sometimes God heals gradually. I told you last week that um, one of the darkest seasons of my life was uh, in 2016 where I had both my Achilles reconstructed. I had the opportunity to learn how to walk all over again. And, and as I'm learning how to walk, I remember praying over both my Achilles like, Lord, I know you can do it. You ought to instantly heal me. Like that, just so we're clear, this is, I'm, this is what I'm praying for. I instantly healed in Jesus' name. And I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying. And you know what? It never happened. But what did happen is gradual healing through the beauty and the process of some incredible doctors, some incredible physicians. God gradually healed me over a period of time. And some of you need to know you've, been, you've bought into the lie or somebody's told you that, that if you just have enough faith, then you don't have to go to the doctor. No, no. no. Sometimes God wants to heal you gradually. And the most faith-filled thing you can do is get your butt up and go to the doctor. Because <laughs> God wants to gradually heal you. The doctors that you see have been given wisdom by God to do what they're doing currently. So know that if you have a physical issue, God has advanced modern medicine and he's given people wisdom to position them in a place for you to go see them for gradual healing. God can heal you sometimes. And here's the thing too, God can heal your weight issue. You just sometimes got to step on a treadmill. <laughs> gradual healing can take place. I want to show you another passage of scripture where we see gradual healing take place. Mark chapter 8, verse 22. It says, they came to Bethesda and some people brought a blind man and begged to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and he led him outside. It says, when he spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? Backtrack for a second. There's a man who's been begging to be healed. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up into the town. And as he takes him outside and they're, they're standing there, the guy's like, oh, yeah, Jesus, heal me. I want, I want to be healed. Here's the only thing he hears. <laughs> he never saw it coming. Sorry, blonde joke. Too far. <laughs> Anyways. 
spits onto the man's eyes, lays his hands on him, and this is what it says. You'd think, oh, instant healing. But it goes on to say this. It said, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. So what, what, what happens is in this moment, if you, if you take your eyes for a second, just squint. I know your face is going to look bad, but just, just squint with me. You see, you can't really make out the faces of the people. I know you're a person, but, but you just kind of look like a silhouette almost. In this moment, he's gone from basically 0% sight to about 50% sight. It's a process. So then it goes on to say that Jesus once more put his hand on the man's eyes and they were opened. He restored, his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. See, once was not enough. It was a gradual process of healing. Now, this is not to say that when you and I find somebody blind, we should go out and start spitting on them. It's not the point of this passage of Scripture. The point is to show you and I that sometimes God heals people through a gradual process. Your gradual healing might come through doctors, it might come through medicine, it might come through a gym membership, and the truth is we don't enjoy gradual healing because we live in an instant gratification society. It's the whole reason why Netflix was invented, right? They had the whole DVD model, and I'm sure they still do that, but here's what they figured out. Yo, if they don't have to wait two days for it, and they can just like turn it on immediately and watch it, they'll buy it. 12 bucks a month, baby, right? We live in an instant culture where, where it's like, yeah, I could cook fried chicken at home, but come on now. Did you see Bojangles got that new family meal and, and it's fried chicken either way? I could cook the fried chicken or they could cook the fried chicken. And let's be honest, their fried chicken is probably better than yours anyway. So we live in this instant gratification culture where we just step in and buy it. And some of y'all are like, you ain't never had my fried chicken. Invite a brother over, right? Like, <laughs> I eat two to three times a day. <laughs> we live in this instant gratification culture that wants everything to be instantaneous. But sometimes what you need to know is, yes, God does heal eternally. So we know the end result. We have the end destination in mind. But God also heals gradually through process. James 5, 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, that you may be healed. It's a process. It's a process. I think for me, had I skipped the process of my Achilles journey and God would have miraculously healed me in a moment, I would have missed out on so many lessons that I learned in that season of my life. Sometimes God chooses to not step in so that you can learn, so that you can grow. For me, in that season of my life, one of the things I learned is that if you bypass the process, you skew the product. And that, that for me, I needed to go through a season where really I couldn't do anything so that I learned how to empower and develop leaders. That was a big thing for me. 
It helped me and shaped me into who I am today. But God was nevertheless healing gradually. And here's what I knew. I remember going to the doctor. It was about six months after my second Achilles surgery. I was walking kind of funny. And so I'm, I'm standing at the nurse's station and I'm like pacing. I'm going back and forth. And uh, I get into the room and he goes, yo, that was so funny. So just had a conversation with the receptionist. She thinks you're on drugs. <laughs> and I was like, what? He said, yeah, she said, you wouldn't quit moving. And that, but then I told her, you know, it's because your feet hurt. <laughs> and so, but he told me in that moment that I had the legs of a 50-year-old man. I said, well, what happens when I turn 50? He said, you do math. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> so like Paul, I'm in this position where, yeah, like God's healing me gradually. There are days that, that are great and there are days that hurt. But I long for the day that I'll wait for my heavenly father to give me my new body where I get to be in heaven and experience perfection with him. I long for those days. So God heals eternally. He heals gradually. And the third way that God heals is miraculously. And this is probably the most common form of healing that we hear of. And the truth is sometimes we feel guilty if God doesn't heal this way in our lives. And I'll I'll walk through that in a little bit. But we believe wholeheartedly that this, what Paul said, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives within us, that God is able to heal people, that God is still a miracle-working, healing God. And it says this in John chapter 6. He's talking to another blind guy. It says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? This is a common thought that the the iniquities, the suffering, the issues that you had were actually caused by your mistakes. And so they're trying to figure out, hey, who sinned, this guy or his parents? Because that's why he's blind. And Jesus responds with, neither this man nor his parents. See, what you need to know, for some of you, what you need to understand today is the things that you're going on in your life are not caused by God. The sicknesses that you have, the diseases you have, the, the emotional hurt, the pain, the suffering that you have going on, God didn't cause that. It's a byproduct of a broken and fallen world. God doesn't cause bad things to happen to you and I, but he can use them. What Scripture says is that what the enemy intended for evil, God can work out for the good of those who love him. She said, neither this man, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. In other words, God's about to heal this man, and the healing that he's going to receive was not for just his own benefit, but that God might be glorified around the entire world. I think what you and I need to understand about healing is that when God heals us, it's not just for our benefit, but so that his name would become great. So we get a little caught up and, and worried or concerned sometimes when, when we feel like, man, God didn't heal. Somebody prayed over me and God didn't heal me. And, and, and somebody lied to you and said, well, if you just had enough faith, then God would heal you. No, no, that makes your faith based on your ability to perform. That's works-based. That's not how God intended it at all. God heals you so that he might be lifted up, so that he might be glorified. Your healing is not based on your ability or inability to have faith. He goes on to continue saying, 
But this happens so the works might be displayed through him. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. And after saying this, he spit on the ground. This time he made mud with his saliva and he put it on the man's eyes. What Scripture tells us after that is that immediately this man could see. It's interesting enough that the the Pharisees, the, the religious leaders of the day, are having a conversation inside of the town where they're angry and frustrated that Jesus would even heal this guy. And they can't even figure out if it's the same guy because now he, he can see. So they're like, no, you're not the same guy. You just you like look the same, but you're not it. They're arguing back and forth on whether Jesus is wrong to heal people on the Sabbath. And I love the response that this guy has in John chapter 9, verse 25. He says, he replied, Look, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. You guys are arguing. You're trying to figure it out. I, I, I don't know. I can't tell you any of that. But here's what I do know. I was blind, but now I see. In other words, there was a struggle going on in my life. I had an issue, and I don't really know. I can't really explain it. I don't, I don't really know a whole lot. I don't know everything about the guy, but here's what I know. When I had an encounter with Jesus, it changed everything for me. In a moment, he was immediately healed. Because God can heal eternally. He can heal gradually. But make no mistake, we still serve a God who operates in the miraculous. And when Scripture says that nothing is impossible for our God, it's clear that nothing is too hard for our God. Miraculous healings are those things that, that can't be explained. For some of you, these kinds of things have happened to you. Someone prayed for you or prayed over you and you were miraculously healed. We believe that God still does that. We see in Luke chapter 18, verse 42, Jesus said, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. We see instantly people are healed, that crippled people begin to walk. Lepers see sickness removed. We see over and over and over again that God can heal people miraculously. That he is a miracle-working God. I've had the opportunity of praying over people and, and watching legs that were broken be restored and grow. I've watched cancer be removed from people and hearing stories about it months later. I believe that God is still a miracle-working, miraculous God of the impossible, mountain-shaking God. But you and I tend to struggle with, well, what happens if he doesn't show up? miraculously. And that's why I wanted to teach you about all types of healing today. That, hey, the good news, friend, is that if God doesn't miraculously heal you in a moment, know that he is healing you gradually. And if he doesn't, if you don't feel like you're being, you're experiencing healing gradually, know this, that when you cross over from death and you're raised to life, on the other side of eternity, you will be healed. Because God's desire is for complete healing in your life. It reminds me of a story of a, a pastor named Dwayne. And Pastor Dwayne had a little country church and he got up one morning, he was feeling kind of sick, and he talked through the first service, and, and his voice was raspy and grungy, and, and it was really painful to talk, but he 
taught through the second service, and they had a night service that night, but he looked at the deacons and the elders, and he said, guys, I, I got to go home. I'm, I'm feeling sick. I, I just can't make it through this. He goes home, and he lays down. He wakes up the next morning. He's still feeling bad, so he goes to the doctor, and it looks like on the outside that he's just got some sort of weird flu, maybe laryngitis or, or something like that, but the virus that he had ended up actually attacking and eating some of the nerve endings and things away from his vocal cords, leaving him with this grungy, raspy voice. He said it was like the worst case of laryngitis you've ever experienced in your life. And you know, as a pastor, um, there's only a couple things you got going for you, and one of them is your voice. It's kind of important. You do a lot of talking. So, man, he tried. He, he mustered up enough courage and strength to get up there week in and week out and talk about the goodness of God, even though he was struggling internally. But ultimately, he, he it got brought to the point where he felt like the church deserved a better pastor, a better leader, because he wasn't able to provide for them in the ways that he felt like he needed to. So he resigned from the church. He stepped down and him and his wife moved to Houston, Texas. He'd been battling this issue with the vocal cords in his throat not being able to be used properly. He said it felt like somebody was choking him consistently. For three years, he struggled with this. They'd become a part of a mega church in Houston, Texas, a Baptist church, and he gets into a Sunday school class and and one weekend, it just so happened that the teacher of the Sunday school class wasn't able to be there. But they had a pretty large Sunday school class. And so what they did is they, they recorded all of the messages from that morning. He knew Dwayne had been a little discouraged, and, but he had Bible teaching background. So they asked him to speak. And he goes, hey, you guys really don't want to hear from me. I, I've got this voice issue. But they hook up this special microphone to be able to hear him speak through it. And as he's talking, it just so happened over the course of the way the curriculum fell that he's teaching out of Psalms. And he's talking about God healing diseases. And he says some things about how there's sometimes that God doesn't heal. And I want you to hear the audio tape. This is Pastor Dwayne. But when the psalmist writes, and he heals all of my diseases, let me say to you that I believe God still heals. That hasn't ended. That is not over. Now you have to be careful on how you do this. Because there are folks who carry things to an excess and it becomes a show. And God has never intended that that be what it is. God heals in his sovereign will. I don't know why God does things that he does, but I know that he does. And the only thing he requires of me is to allow him to be God and me to be me and let it be. To say that every single person will always be healed because Jesus died on the cross is a misinterpretation of scripture. Not true. Won't work. Isaiah 53 doesn't talk about physical healing. I'm sorry. That's just not the context. And to impress that there causes a misinterpretation of scripture. That's wrong. On the other hand, to say that, since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in a box both ways. And he doesn't want to be in the box. So the psalmist says, I'm excited. Bless the Lord, O my soul. 
One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And then in verse 4, he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now, I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had and you have had in times past pit experiences. We've both had, we've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for the pit we find ourselves in. And I don't understand this right now. I'm but overwhelmed at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. I'm, uh, <laughs> sounds funny to say at a loss for words. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I. He redeems my life from the pit <laughs> and crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. The Lord is slow to anger. The Lord is abounding in love. The Lord will not accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. That's mercy. Or repay us according to our iniquities. That's mercy. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Pastor Duane went on to say that as he said the word and he redeems my life from the pit, all the pressure, all the weight that he had been experiencing for over three years was immediately released. He experienced in a moment the miraculous healing of God. And I believe that God still can heal people like that today. Pastor Dwayne went on to jump back into ministry to pastor a local church and then travel the world telling people about the great thing that God had done in his life, teaching that if God can do that for a guy like me, God can do that for you as well.
And I think that's what happens when people get healed miraculously is it stirs up our own faith to believe. Man, if God can do it for them, he can do it in my life as well. Will you stand to your feet with me for just a moment? I want to talk to you two different people that I want to talk with this morning. The first are those of you who have never fully surrendered your life to Jesus. Because one of the things that secures your eternity with God is saying yes to Jesus today, in this moment. That the end result is that you are completely healed. And if you're here today, you say, Pastor, I don't, I don't know what the end looks like for me, but I want to trust God with my life, knowing that He'll cover the end. Every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment. If you'd say, hey, Pastor, that's me, would you just lift your hand? I see those. Here's what I want to do, church. Nobody's going to pray alone. We're all going to pray together. Say this with me. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I've placed my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, will you help me celebrate with those who've made decisions? But I believe that there are many of you here today who you need healing. And some of you don't know what kind of healing you need. It, it may be physical healing. It may be emotional healing. It, Maybe mental healing. But I believe that regardless, what I, here's what I read in James chapter 5. Is there anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. What we're going to do in just a second during this next song is I'm going to have myself and some of our team ready to pray with you down front. Because I believe there are some of you today who need to be anointed and prayed over that God would miraculously heal you today. And the good news is, if he does it, amen. And the better news is, if he doesn't, he's still a God that heals, both gradually and eternally. I, I believe that there's somebody here who you've been dealing with this neck issue you can't seem to get worked out. And today's the day where you get prayed over for complete healing. Whatever the issue you have going on, you may come down and go, I don't, I don't know, I just know something's not right. I know something's not right inside of me and I need healing in my life. During this next song, people are gonna be ready to pray over you and pray for you that you would experience God do the impossible in your life. Let's pray. Hey, Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you that your end game is that we would be healed. And in just a moment, we're going to be praying for people who need your physical, spiritual, emotional, mental healing in their life. So, Lord, if that's them right now, I would pray you'd speak to them louder than ever, that they would know you are drawing and calling them to step out of the aisle in a second and to receive prayer. Lord, we love you, and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.